It's Morning Edition on NHPR. I'm Rick Hanley, and this is the New Hampshire News Recap. Governor Chris Sununu presented his state budget proposal to lawmakers this week, and here to tell us all about that is Amanda Goki. She covers New Hampshire for the Boston Globe. Good morning, Amanda. Good morning, Rick. So good for you to join us. Thank you for coming in early this morning. Uh, Amanda, Sununu laid out his, his spending wish list for the next two years in his address to lawmakers earlier this week. What tone was he setting, and, and what stood out to you? Sununu really touted the strength of New Hampshire's economy and said it sets an example for other states when it comes to fiscal responsibility. That's really of note, especially as there's been national and some local concern over potentially entering a recession. But Sununu was really optimistic. You know, he said when it comes to our state's finances, times are good. That's a departure from just a few months ago when he was warning government department heads to budget sparingly and prepare for economic downturn. Now, the governor included a big pay raise for state employees in his ideal budget. Now, what did he have to say about why that was a priority for him? So workforce shortages have been a massive issue right now in the state in both the private and public sectors. Retention and recruitment are issues that Sununu is hoping to address through this proposal. Actually, around 20 percent of state jobs right now are vacant. And Sununu said his budget would focus on the workforce and trying to address some of these problems. So he's proposing to raise state employee salaries across the board by 10 percent in 2024. And that would be the biggest raise state employees have seen in 50 years if it is approved. And they would get another 2 percent raise the following year. That has the support of the unions. Although some fiscal conservatives have pointed out that these are ongoing costs to taxpayers and the governor could have targeted the raise only to positions paying below market rate. Yeah. But again, the, the, the idea here is retention and, and attraction for, for workers to the state. That's correct. Yeah. He's also proposing a, a change to how the state funds public schools and school choice programs. Always a perennial issue here. What would that change look like and, and what impact is the governor really hoping to make? So, yeah, that's a pretty significant change that the governor is proposing. He would send more money to school districts each year on an ongoing basis um, per student. He wants to increase that amount per student. It's currently around $3,800, and that would go up to $4,700 per student or a a 25 percent raise. And he would increase the aid for students on free and reduced lunch from around $1,900 to $2,500. And when that base aid goes up, that also increases the amount that would be paid in that school choice program, which are called free education freedom accounts. Um, so the gover- governor has proposed doubling funding to that program from around $14 million to $30 million per year in, in his new budget. And there's certainly likely to be some, some contention around that issue, I'd imagine. Uh, well, what are some other education funding changes, Amanda, that he's pushing for in this budget? So the budget also includes $75 million to upgrade old school buildings. Um, There's $5 million in there to certify hundreds of new computer science teachers and include robotics instruction in middle and high schools. Um, And he proposed a new $2 million civics curriculum. Uh, Now, one big priority and one big headline we had earlier this week when he first brought this budget address out was tax cuts. Sununu has said tax cuts are a major priority. What cuts would he make in that budget? Have we been able to get to the details on that? Yeah. So the governor's proposal cuts a 7 percent consumer communications tax. Uh, Sununu called it outdated and regressive. As a source of revenue, it has been on the decline since around 2012 when some Internet services were removed. And now, obviously, fewer people are using landlines. Right now, this tax generates around $30 million per year. 
Uh, are there other cuts that you saw that kind of stood out for you? That's really the main one that he highlighted. You know, he's talked previously and on the campaign trail about being a big proponent of business tax cuts. Um, but that wasn't one of the items that he included in this proposal to to lawmakers earlier this week. And of course, we have to see what happens as it goes through the process and turns through the legislature over the next several months. There's likely to be a lot of a lot of talk and, and a lot of details. Yeah, absolutely. And and lawmakers could certainly propose other cuts. Yeah, absolutely. Now, Governor Sununu is also considering a presidential run, as we've heard. Did, did you see any uh, allusions to that in, in this address this week? Sununu's remarks really did mostly focus on the issues that are facing New Hampshire. But of course, you know, national audiences have really been listening in for clues recently, and he's been giving them good reason to do so. So in his budget address, he really sought to contrast New Hampshire with the rest of the country, sort of claiming that other governors are turning to him and asking, you know, how has New Hampshire been so successful in keeping the economy strong? He called New Hampshire the envy of the nation and laid out what he sees as the pathways approach to government. Government's role, in his view, isn't to guarantee a problem to people's, uh, or guarantee a solution to people's problems, but to provide them with pathways for achieving economic growth, opportunity, and personal freedom. Okay, so we can read the tea leaves as we will, I guess, with that one. That's right. Amanda Goki, a reporter who covers New Hampshire at the Boston Globe. Thanks so much for joining us this morning. Thank you for having me, Rick. You can find more of her work at bostonglobe.com. It is Morning Edition here on NHPR, and we're recapping this week's news. If you've got some questions about what's been going on in the state, you can always email us and inform our reporting at voices at nhpr.org. I want to bring in somebody else here now. Lawmakers have heard testimony this week on multiple bills related to abortion. Some would protect abortion rights under state law, but others would add new restrictions. NHPR's Paul Kuno Booth has been keeping track of these proposals, and he's in the studio to tell us more about that. Good morning, Paul. Morning. So this is the first legislative session, Paul, since the U.S. Supreme Court overturned Roe v. Wade, eliminating federal protections for abortion services. What kind of legislation are, are we seeing in response? That's right. So abortion is currently legal in New Hampshire up to about 24 weeks. But uh, advocates of abortion rights say those rights are not explicitly protected under state law. Um, So Democrats in the House and Senate have proposed bills that would affirmatively protect the right to an abortion up to 24 weeks, um, essentially codifying Roe v. Wade into state law. Um, Abortion rights advocates say this is one of their biggest priorities right now. They're worried that without state or federal protections, um, there will be further efforts to chip away at abortion access in New Hampshire. Uh, Here's Nancy Brennan, a progressive activist who was at the State House Wednesday. I remember when we fought for this stuff the first time around, and I knew people who had back alley abortions and then could never have children. And uh, I just say it's... We cannot go back. Democrats have also proposed a state constitutional amendment that would guarantee the right to make reproductive decisions. Paul, how are abortion opponents organizing this legislative session? Uh, Do do they see an opportunity to add new restrictions? So there are a few new proposed restrictions. Um, One is a bill that would ban most abortions after about six weeks of pregnancy. Um, This is before many people know they're pregnant. So that would be a major shift in state law. People I spoke to on both sides of this this issue think this is kind of a long shot. They don't think there's enough support for the um, that kind of measure in the legislature right now. Um, but another bill put forward by Republican lawmakers would impose a 24-hour waiting period on people seeking abortions. 
it would also require medical providers to give patients certain information beforehand. Um, that includes things like resources that would be available if they did carry their pregnancy to term, uh, also alternatives to abortion like adoption. Um, so the bill supporters say, you know, they are trying to make sure people just have complete information, informed consent, as they call it, before they decide whether to have an abortion. Um, but abortion providers who testified against this measure, they said, you know, the 24-hour waiting period, that would be a big barrier. And they see some of the language that's included in this bill as sort of um, shaming or stigmatizing to, to people who, who do want to make that choice. And last year, New Hampshire's ban on most abortions after 24 weeks did take effect. And some, some lawmakers now are, are trying to amend that law or roll it back entirely on the other side of things. So what potential changes are, are they looking at? So there is one uh, Democratic-sponsored bill that would repeal the law altogether. Um, there's also a bipartisan measure that's narrower. It would just repeal criminal and civil penalties for medical providers who violate the law. Uh, the lead sponsor is a Republican. He said he doesn't want doctors delaying care because they're worried about um, criminal prosecution in those circumstances. Um, and opponents of abortion say, you know, their biggest priority this year is protecting that 24-week ban um, from being weakened as they see it. Here's uh, Jason Hennessy of New Hampshire Right to Light Life earlier this week. I really want you to ask yourself, who deserves protections in the state? And these babies are the most innocent among us. So he and other um, abortion uh, opponents say removing those penalties would essentially take the teeth out of this law, um, which he says is a reasonable restriction to prevent uh, abortions later in pregnancy. Now, the House Judiciary Committee also heard a bill that requires doctors to care for all infants, quote, born alive. Now, what does that mean? And, and what is that bill trying to do? So this would make it a felony for doctors to withhold treatment from newborn babies, um, the, the sort of proponents who've put this bill forward, they say, you know, we want to make sure that babies born after failed, failed abortions um, are treated, uh, have protections. To be clear, uh, that's uh, a pretty rare circumstance, according to, to the available evidence. Um, and, and medical providers say they already have, you know, a duty to, to provide appropriate treatment for, for any person, including newborns born after abortions. Um, they also say, you know, this kind of law would make it uh, would have unintended consequences for, for example, parents who give birth to a child who will not survive because of of severe defects. Some of those families just want to spend the few hours they have with their their child and not, you know, subject it to um, aggressive medical interventions. Uh, providers say this bill would would force them to do that. I heard some very emotional testimony yesterday to to that. That's right. There were actually um, some parents who had had been through this kind of thing um, who spoke very emotionally about what it meant to them to to spend that time with their newborn um, and, and sort of, you know, opposing this bill because it, they say it would have taken that away from them. The state house closely divided along party lines, as you know. Does that have any impact on which of these abortion bills could make it to the governor's desk? Yeah, so it's generally the, the people I spoke to uh, this week don't expect, um, you know, the most sweeping proposals on either side of the issue to, to make it through. Um, you know, as I said, the bill to remove civil and criminal penalties from the 24-week ban, that does have a Republican sponsor. It's something Governor Sununu has said he's open to, but uh, we'll have to see what happens. All right. And HBR's Paul Kuno Booth, thank you so much for taking the time. 
Thank you. And you can find more of his work, as always, and all the stories, of course, that we talked about this morning, as always, at nhpr.org, where you can also grab the recap whenever you'd like. Now, we also suggest that you check out the New Hampshire News Quiz. It is a quick, fun, and informative way to test your knowledge of this week's news. You can sign up to get that quiz emailed to you. It's free. It's easy. You can also check it out every Thursday evening at nhpr.org slash quiz. There's a fresh one each week. And, of course, we're here next Friday with a new recap. I'm Rick Ganley. This is Morning Edition on NHPR.